0: you're listening to Walkley Talks with me, Helen Sullivan. Storyology 2017 looked at how we can fight fake news and boost quality journalism. One of the people on the forefront of this fight is Frederick Falou, current John S. Knight Fellow at Stanford University and the editor of newsletter and blog, The Monday Note, which reaches 30,000 media professionals weekly. In this presentation, we learn about the News Quality Scoring Project, which Frederick started during his fellowship an algorithm that rates the trustworthiness of digital stories.
1: Okay, let's first of all uh, go to the physical world. It's about the economics of things. When you buy an iPhone, the production cost of the iPhone is roughly $225. It costs $225 to produce, and it's sold, on average, $650. By the way, it's... uh, 69%, 65% 69%, 65% uh, margin, which is cool. If you take an Android phone, lower hand uh, of the market, the production cost is only uh, $42 and uh, it's, uh, the, the selling price is 60 bucks. It's normal economics, and in the second case, the cheap products, it has a much lower margin of roughly 20%, means that's a more expensive. Uh, goods, the higher the production cost for a, any goods, the higher the margin is so that 's for the physical world. Unfortunately, in journalism it doesn 't work like that at all. We are in the the only business, the only only uh, economic system you can think of in which the production cost is not passed along to the cost to the customer. first of all, a lot of people, probably not in this audience but uh, in the general public don't realize that journalism is very expensive. If you take, for example, these stories, story which has been put together a few years ago by ProPublica about the aftermath of, of um, Hurricane Katrina, it costs something like $400,000 to produce. And it, it landed a Pulitzer Prize, by the way. And this other story about some kind of medical scandal in, in the United oh. States cost $750,000 to produce. This one, much more recent story about the, uh, the Theranos scandal in California. I called the, the guy to uh, the Wall Street Journal to ask him how much money they spent on it. He said to me, I mean, it was uh, in May I, I asked him, uh, we are in the neighborhood of $1 million and, it, and counting. This money includes the time spent by the journalists, in that case, a couple of them, the verification, the lawyers, and uh, all the expenses you can think of, fact checkers, verification, and sometimes graphic design and everything. And if you count everything, it goes to this amount of money. And if you take this famous investigation about uh, which gives the the movie Spotlight, um, the cost in today's dollars I'm talking in American dollars, um, is something like $1.5 million. But if you take this story, which must have taken something like two hours at most to produce by a couple of interns, and I put a price tag, which is a very generous price tag of $500, $500 this story is actually garnered something like 164,000 views after a few days, and this story is incredibly cheap. But the problem is that, the advertising that sits next to all of this story carries the same price regarding of the production uh, cost. We live in a system, I took the, the example of these uh, pages from the, from the Guardian. It is one of the tragedies of the digital publishing. It's level off, it's flat out completely the notion of value, that's a big problem. Advertiser will pay the same price regardless uh, of the content uh, quality. So this is the basis of my work I'm currently uh, doing. So my idea came with the following. and What about a system that could adjust the value of advertising to the underlying content? Means that for a good content, we would have a fairly expensive and fairly high quality advertising. it entails two things. The first one is lifting quality stories, and believe me, it's not a given. I'm going to try to explain you why. And also scoring the story, finding a way to rank the story against each other. It has to be done at scale and automatically, because over the last days we spoke a lot about ways to fight fake news one of the most often quoted uh, elements um, is the fact-checking. Fact-checking is absolutely indispensable. It's necessary. There are a lot of outlets, including here in Australia, who are doing a fine job at debunking fake news. The only problem with fact-checking is that it is in the drop in the ocean. It takes something like between two hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, or three days to actually uh, debunk uh, a fake, a fake stories when you consider that Facebook is handling every day 100 million links, we have a lot to do in order to, to make some kind of decent uh, uh, fact checking. So we need to find system that will work automatically, that will work at scale. If you take, for instance, aggregators, which could be a good clients for the, the stuff I'm trying to build, stuff such as uh, News Republic, Smart News, uh, or even uh, flipboard. Those guys handle between 20,000 and 40,000 stories per day. That's why we need to have some kind of, of automated system. So, when it comes to build the model, the first hurdle will be to define and to quantify journalism quality. The definition I chose for this project is. What is the amount of value added which has been put by the news organization in its production? This is my definition I will try to apply on this. And by the way, it is a good application for uh, machine learning. Machine learning is a kind of buzzword you, can, you find everything, everywhere right now. My first intention was not to work with machine learning. I spent weeks trying to fine-tune the model some kind of manually, but it turns out that machine learning is the best way to, to go. Machine learning stuff, I'm not going too, too much into detail. This is uh, um, the basic uh, neural network. It works as follows. You need to recognize something, for instance, a face of uh, this person with some kind of features, basic features. It could be a very complicated feature, it could be a simple feature. In that case, it was, for what I understood, a fairly complicated uh, feature. They want to be able to recognise this very type of, uh, of person. You will put that into some kind of neural network, which will, as its name says, which will have a lot of artificial neurons, and each of these neurons is going to treat a single tiny minuscule part of the image. So it requires something like 10 million images of human to actually being able to, re- to make a model that will be able to recognize with a great deal of accuracy the, the face of this uh, person. Since um, Every neuron, which, by the way, I mean, this is oversimplifying because it's a multi-dimensional model. Every neuron is going to interact between themselves. You might have a handless system uh, of of combination. In that case, you had one billion combination, and it took something like 30 days to compute at fairly high speed to find out, to to train the, the model. Because the whole issue in the system, and this is the stuff which keeps me up at night, even though I'm not doing the legwork because I'm not an engineer nor a mathematician, but it is how to actually find a way to train a model by defining journalism quality. So, my problem is that I know what the output has to be, which is, Uh, the desired output of stories stories ranked from one to five. I I want to have a system in which we will enter a story and it will rank the story on one to five based on quality. But it is very difficult to assess what could be the training set, the sets of data that will train this model. Okay, So I came up with this stuff, basically two sets of signals. The first one, are what I call the quantifiable signals that could be processed by a machine. Okay, so I'm not going to look at the text necessarily itself. I'm going also to look at the context. For instance, when you take an HTML page I will look at the structure of the HTML page. I will look at, for instance, the advertising density. I will look at the space of uh, the place taken by image and so on and so forth. Because um, there there are lots of patterns in which when you have um, clickbait site, when you have uh, fake news sites, needless to say, or low quality journalism, it's always packaged in the same shitty manner. So we (laughs) need, excuse my French. (laughs) So, I need to build a system that will be able to recognize the context. Another thing, just to give you an example uh, on the way I'm, I'm working. The place of photography. It is a matter of coherence for those of you who have been editor. When you devote a certain number of resources for a story, you will take great care at having high-quality photography. And it's just a matter of coherence. If you have, for instance, a fairly long story, which could be a positive sign of quality, not necessarily a definitive sign, but it could be a sign of in-depth journalism. And you happen to have either no photography at all, or no graphic at all, or you have some kind of super bad photography, which could be a stock photography or non-credited photography with no, Credit, no caption, no nothing. It should be seen as some kind of suspicious signal that will uh, say that this stuff might be uh, fishy. So I will go to, uh, to a lot of, um, of signals. Another example um, are the years in operation. When it comes, last year I was um, in Stanford when the, the campaign was uh, unfolding. If people ask just, have just made a verification on how many years. Of operation some website with large audience because the fake news websites are extremely good at propagating their content, if they have just looked at how many years of operation they, they had, they would have found that most of the fake news uh, site were something like less than three years, less than two years old. So that could be a sign and in my case I will have some kind of API that will go to some kind of who is database, and I will look at the years of operation of the website, or if the website is recorded anonymously, that could be a sign. The complexity of my model is that if you take any um, signals individually, uh, they don't make real sense. It is the combination of these signals which makes the model effective. And when it comes to combination, we then are talking about the weight, of each signals, that's why machine learning kicks in, because it's a perfect problem for machine learning uh, stuff. I will also look at the text itself. Again, the length of the text could be an indicator, but we all know that there are plenty of long stories which are uh, super bad, uh, poorly informed, and so on. I will look then at the structure of the text. For instance, uh, the quote density, in, especially in Anglo-Saxon journalism. By the way, it wouldn't work for the French journalism, unfortunately. But if you look at uh, the number of quotes uh, there are on a text, you might have a decent indicators on how many people were quoted in the story, and so on and so forth. If you look at the, the number of name entity places, uh, nouns, uh, name, name of persons, uh, name of company, organization, and so on and so forth. You will have uh, you will have decent pictures of what's going on. So that was the first set of signal, quantifiable signals, being able to be processed automatically. But in order to assess the quality of a story, and this time you can read uh, my stuff. Um, I will have to rely on what I call subjective signals. Subjective signals are the ones who are intuitively used by readers or actively or knowingly used by professionals to assess the quality of a story. So the writing style, um, the thoroughness of a story, the timeliness, analysis quality, explanatory quality, which is now very important. You, so you have a lot of stuff which couldn't be processed by a machine, but which are fairly easy to assess by a human. So we are going to, I'm going to explain you how I will use that. So two sets of signals, one set which will uh, be analyzed uh, by a machine, another one which has to be analyzed by a human. So, What I will do is I will take what I call raw corpus of roughly one million stories. I got it right now. I collected from various sources one million stories. I would have loved to have thousands of sources. Unfortunately I have hundreds of them so I need to fine tune my stuff to have more sources because actually one of the difficulties I'm, I'm bumping into is that it's pretty easy to surface good journalism. It's way more complicated to find low, I mean bad journalism, uh, but it is completely necessary to build a machine learning uh, system because I need the good and I need the bad to train, to train the model. Anyway, I will take this um, million stories roughly and I will go to the filter I just mentioned, the quantifiable uh, filter, and I will come up with this table which basically you will have the ID number, you will have the headline, you will have the source, and you will have all the quantifiable signals with the word count in, in, in word, obviously. Uh, you will have um, to which extent the authorship is expressed. Uh, is there one or more authors? Because you, have, you will have an, a complete set of quantifiable signals. The next step is we are going to do some kind of statistical extraction in which we are going to insulate something like 5,000 stories that will be representative of all possible combination of quantifiable signals. The next step is that we will take this 5,000 stories, and again, it's for the purpose of training the model. We are not talking about production. We are going to put that into some kind of uh, secondary evaluation, which could be a manual evaluation. And that's why I need you folks, because at some point, I'm going to put online some kind of interface in which people like you uh, will be able to uh, pick up a story and uh, rank the story based on the greed of subjective signals, because I will need to do some kind of statistical analysis. Then we enter to the, the core of it. The testers will be able to do two things. The first one is assigning a global score to the, to, to the story on, a, on a, uh, two ways of creative values. The first one is advertising valuation. The second one is editorial valuation. Let me dive into it. So. In operation, the system will work as follows. I will have an aggregator or a publisher that will submit to my system through an API. um, His story, I mean, he will put uh, whatever number of story he wants, whatever (laughs) number of story he paid for to be be processed. The first one will be a selection of the highest scored items. The second factor in this stuff is the ad server. Let me stop just a second about it. On an ad server, you have great stuff, such as most valuable advertising, which usually are negotiated um, by the the media or by the distributor. They are the most valuable. But you have also a lot of super crappy stuff. And this is very interesting because we are entering at the core of the the problem of, of the digital advertising currently. This thing is the result of a chain of negligence, greed and incompetency. If I were the correspondent of the New York Times in Paris and I see my site, this figure, the way this site is figured, I would go ballistic. Um, same for the media buying agency. Someone doesn't care. And same for the New York Times itself, who actually do not put any uh, system to actually prevent this kind of thing. So I go back to my, to my model. We have the selection of the highest scoring items, and you have different type of uh, advertising. My idea is to have a system in which... The score of the story will be read by the ad server and then the ad server will be able to serve the advertising based on the ratings of the story. Needless to say, the price of the advertising will be far different between low quality story and high quality stories. That's the idea. Why advertising should reward quality? The first one is the notion of brand safety. It's a very important issue right now, especially for advertisers, much less so for media buyers. Demographics, good content, quality content attracts good demographics. Second stuff is the viewability of of, uh, of the advertising. It means that it's a big issue. A large number of ads are simply not seen by the reader. Um, it's also good quality content, it's good for um, innovative and um, uh, advertising format. For instance, The New York Times, Quartz, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal has been super good at developing native content which brings them a lot of money. And also everybody's dreaming about some kind of premium advertising network. Okay, second stuff, it's for editorial. The application to a freemium model. In some newspaper, uh, I mean publication, stories are locked some kind of randomly. In my system, we could use a news quality scoring system to actually lock the story on the basis of their quality in a kind of automated way. Other thing is application to some kind of premium subscription. Recommendation engine is a very important thing to warrant long session and engagement. Uh, recommendation engine are most of the time super poorly executed. If you have a system in which we score the story through my system, not only the current story, but also all the archives which are linked with the related stories, it could create a lot of value, and especially uh, for some kind of premium uh, subscription. So to sum up, what's in it for, for them? For the the publisher and the the distributor, uh, they they can expect a higher yield for better placed advertising. They can expect an editorial valuation in multiple different ways. For media buyers, a higher cut on the more expensive the advertising, the, the higher their commission and margin will be. And for advertisers, they can expect brand safety. Thank you very much.
0: To the Walkley Talks podcast. If you like this podcast, there are three things you can do to help us sign up to our newsletter at walkleys.com forward slash subscribe, rate us on iTunes, or send us a few dollars to keep it going at walkleys.com forward slash donate. This podcast was produced with help from freelance journalist and fabulous intern Courtney Hunter in Sydney, Australia. Thanks for listening.